So, fiddle me this. It's been said that baseball is America's favorite pastime, and that it's tough to argue. Baseball should hold a place in the heart of every American. So should fiddling. Since its arrival on this side of the pond, fiddle music has been passed down mother to son, friend to foe, south to north, east to west, and every nook and cranny along the way. Tunes take on new meanings, new names, new feels from person to person. Shaped by local community and purpose and region, fiddle music truly captures the spirit of a people. Across America, we can hear this tradition. I'm JT, and these are some of today's fiddlers playing their tunes and sharing tales. Welcome to Fiddle Me This. They say the days of being discovered are over. Simply getting out and playing for the people just won't cut it anymore. Well, today's guest has had a slightly different experience. She was discovered on YouTube, twice. In 2012, internationally acclaimed singer-songwriter Marie Gauthier discovered her and had her along for some tours and collabs. That's collaborations for those of you not up on today's lingo. Then again, in 2016, international pop legend Rod Stewart came calling after finding her on YouTube. That's right, one of the best-selling music artists of all time discovered a traditional American fiddle player on YouTube. She wasn't exactly an unknown before touring with Rod Stewart, however. This San Francisco native started young and made the most of her opportunities in Northern California. Before her 21st birthday, she had already toured with the likes of Daryl Anger and David Grisman, to name a few. Today, she lives in Portland, Oregon, where she teaches and performs regularly with her partner. This guy wandered all the way to California from the Midwest after spending his early years around Baton Rouge. Now, both are dedicated and passionate about studying the traditions and carrying that torch to the next generation. Listen to John Cale and Annie Staninatz right now on Fiddle Me This. Well, Annie, uh, I heard uh, you've been making a living here at music ever since you were 12 years old, so I just got to know how many shirts have you sold? How, how many shirts have I sold? I don't have a shirt, but you need to get a shirt. I have some. Uh, Actually, that's not true. You sell shirts all the time down at Crossroads in Buffalo. Oh, that's true. I sell sh- my clothes that I don't wear to thrift stores. Um, I, my, I have a couple of fiddle students threatening to make some merch for me, though. They want to make a fanny pack and call it the Annie Fanny Pack so that my fans can wear it. <laughs> I hear that fanny packs are coming back in, so...
Seattle. Do you know her? I don't know Mary from she, Seattle. She played in Cahalan Morrison's Country Hammer Band for several years before they turned into Western Centuries. Um, and she got it from the Troublesome Creek String Band, I think. Okay. Yeah, but it, where that are those guys around. from? I can't remember. Right near Troublesome Creek. <laughs> All right. <laughs> where are y'all from? Well, I am originally from San Francisco, born and raised, wow. and I moved up to Portland here about 10 years ago or so. Okay, so you've been in Portland about 10 years. Yeah. We just recently had uh, Eileen Walters on here, and she's from San Francisco too. 
Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Arlene? I don't, but there's a ton of great musicians down there and great fiddle music and bluegrass, which is kind of what I was mostly raised on down there in the okay. Bay Area. And I was born down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but I was only there for a few years and then moved uh, to the Midwest where I was raised, partially raised, I suppose, and then came out to the West Coast and uh, different parts of California over the years and then uh, met up with Annie here in Santa Cruz about a dozen years ago or so and then moved up here. How about that? To Portland. How about some backup and push? Whatever you say. I've been enjoying playing the kind of little closer to the Gid Tanner and Skillet Liquors version. They just have kind of a cool little fiddle part on it. And like that tune. So, yeah. Fun to me. Eyes do you again. prefer a four on this on the B part, or do you like that old school five on there? Ooh, I'm curious. I don't know what, what well, you're talking Well, the melody about. is if you, uh, it's an A chord kind of rather than a G because it ends. It's more like an A seven, you know. Um, play the B part. Oh. Well, you're probably used to hearing that G, so I just play it that way. That's what everybody's really used to. But wait, now I'm curious. Can we play uh, it for a? Um, yeah, yeah. I'll um, play it. I'll play it that way. Yeah, I want to hear it. There's like, 
text from the 1800s or whatever where it actually, uh, I want to hear it now for the five chord I have to hear it to like it's weird at first under- as usual but yeah yeah now I'm curious <laughs> I just yeah now I just I want you to play it so I can hear it let's see Fiddle Me This was funded in part by Bubbaville, a nonprofit dedicated to the educational and cultural enrichment of the Portland metro region through traditional music and dance. A staple on the West Coast, the Portland Old Time Gathering has been going for more than 20 years and brings national and regional American traditional musicians together. Go to bubbaguitar.com for more information. Thanks, Bubbaville, for sponsoring Fiddle Me This. Hi, folks. It's Podland's number one producer, Liam Flanagan, and I just want to let you know about sponsors. If you're a business owner or manager and you are looking for a great way to get your product out there, becoming a podcast sponsor is just that. Podcasts are listened to all over the world. Podland has had visits from places like Kenya, Ireland, Australia, Vietnam, and almost all 50 states. What's up, Alaska? Don't you like podcasts? Anyway, becoming a podcast sponsor could be the way to give your business the boost it may need. To become a Podland podcast sponsor, contact me, Liam Flanagan, at liam at podland.productions. That's L-I-A-M at podland.productions. Have a great day. Well, it's amazing what one chord can, like, how one chord can make a difference, because I 
I started liking old Joe Clark so much better with the five instead of the seven after I uh, heard it that way. Yeah. And I didn't know because I'd always heard it with the seven, but yeah. like Scotty Stoneman played it with the five chord in there. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Even that first, uh, you know, everybody learns Arkansas Traveler and the first way I learned it wasn't the way of started getting around playing and uh, people are telling me I'm playing it wrong in some places and then you go play it that way in some other places everybody's like well that's wrong too and then <laughs> and then I heard the two chord in there first time in Texas and I was like where'd that come from and and then uh, then if you listen to the there's on YouTube you can look up Ed Haley playing it mm -hmm. and guess what the rhythm players were playing behind him it's the same for both parts oh. they're playing a two chord <laughs> That's, I love how just by playing different chords in the same parts of the melody, you can just give it a completely different flavor. And I love that different progressions develop depending on who plays them. Like, I think that's part of what I find really interesting about old time music because there wasn't like this defined chord progression for each tune like if just a fiddler was playing it then if they played it with a different guitar player they might interpret different it, chords they, with that same melody they, yeah yeah you know, what dance they were playing what at. dance they were playing at or what they're playing it for exactly yeah i think that's exactly right and you hear about that from ireland too you hear mm -hmm. uh, like oh, yeah. john doyle talks about how there's not really a tradition of chords right and that music is just melodies mm -hmm. and chords are the whole definition of chord is relative and so it's it's all up for interpretation. That's part of the beauty of it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed that uh, when we went to Ireland, um, I didn't see ever see more than one cording instrument in a session. Mm -hmm. There might be a guitar or a bazooki, but never like both. And then I realized it's because they Gosh. would play. Yeah, they would be playing substitutions and different chords a yeah. little bit every time, depending <laughs> on. You never know what, what you're going like. to get, so it's tough for. Yeah. Let's see. I think the last time, I actually don't know, maybe that was two times ago, we went to Ireland. I've been a fan of Siobhan Peoples playing for a really long time. Is uh, this person related to... Tommy Peoples? Tommy Peoples. It's his daughter. Okay. Yeah. She's she's every bit as good as him and uh, and just in her own style and stuff. Yeah. A little bit different, but I just really love the um, the Boeing style. It's kind of like beautiful and uh, and aggressive at the same time. She just has like the coolest bite in her bow. And I didn't know this at the time, um, but I read an article, an interview on her in Fiddler magazine um, after I'd been listening to her for a couple years and found out that she plays like 99% of the time she plays with only her index and middle finger because she has focal dystonia um, wow. on the ring and pinky and so she positions herself kind of like around second position and just keeps going back and forth all the time to hit all the notes and you would never know it when you listen to her play she's wow. incredible um, but I got to take a lesson from her when we went to Ireland, and that was so fun in oh Ennis. Gosh. And so I'll play this tune that she taught me. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> it's called Chris Dronies. <laughs> Thank you. 
sneeze in there cat sneeze <laughs> what's a cat sneeze that's what that's what eric killips calls when tommy people's this little move tommy people's would always make and you, you you're getting it in there that's the, 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 i want to know what the cat, cat <laughs> is it a roll well, you know, you'll have that? to ask eric it is it makes sense when you listen to a lot of tommy people's and i heard you did it a couple times in there cat sneeze cat sneeze yeah now is that the is that a sneeze or the cat's knees? <laughs> cat's knees. Cat's knees would yeah. be pretty quiet, I would think. Yeah. Exactly. When they're stalking their prey. Well, they never land on their knees. See. <laughs> what is a cat's knees? They're like the bee's knees, but the they're, bees. they're less, <laughs> less, re- less renowned. <laughs> the most random interview ever. <laughs> Well, that was that was beautiful, Annie. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and that kind of leads me to another of my questions. Your parents are from uh, Japan and Czechoslovakia. Yes. But they met, and in, in, I guess in San Francisco, or, or that's where you were born and raised. So they yes. were there. Have they? Sh- and and they're musicians. Yeah, my dad more than my mom. John's laughing. Um, yeah, my my dad has played guitar for a long time, just as a hobbyist, never like professionally. I mean, he plays gigs and stuff around town a little bit. But yeah, he just he always loved American old time and bluegrass music. He came to the states when he was about thirteen, and I think he kind of discovered that kind of music soon after he moved over here and he got bit by the bug and started listening to a lot of Doc Watson and Norman Blake. And then he discovered like the um, older stuff with the Bullock brothers and Delmore brothers and Carter family. And then really got into the Stanley brothers, Leuven brothers. He really likes the old brother duet repertoire. So I was raised on all of that stuff. And my mom, um, she was she listened to all sorts of music in Japan, um, but she always liked American culture. And my dad w- went to Japan when he was interning as a dentist before he settled into his practice. And they met at a mutual friend's house, Ken and Kazumi, who play old time music. And um, I think that my dad was transcribing lyrics for them when my mom arrived because there was no internet at that time. So they were like, what are the words to this song? Uh So he was writing them down, listening to records. And uh, anyway, so they met there. And Ken and Kazumi actually ended up moving to North Carolina for old time music later on. Really get get in there. (laughs) Well, play me another tune. What do y'all feel like playing? Let's do some Milk Cow Blues. If you feel like singing at some point, feel free. Okay. Well, I I never did this one vocally, but uh, but I'll just. uh, (laughs) 
And we'll just play it. Yeah, sounds good. Where'd you pick that one up? What what made you want to learn all that milk cow blues? I learned it as a kid from my fiddle teacher, Chad Manning, because uh, he was really good at a few different fiddle styles. And he taught me, I've since forgotten them just because I don't hang out with that crowd, but he taught me a lot of really great um, Texas tunes. He, um, he listened to a lot of the 
well, let's see. Now I can't remember their names, but Benny Thomason, I think he was a huge fan of. So he taught me a bunch of those tunes. Um, Milk Cow Blues was one of them. So that was kind of a and He took in your first trip to Weezer too, right? He did. My only trip that I've ever gone oh, yeah, right, to huh? Weezer. Yeah, I was 13 and I went to Weezer with Chad. And uh, yeah, oh my God, I had such a great time. I was blown away by mm -hmm. all the fiddlers there. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> Fifteen years. There's a little black train 
very much. Thanks for thanks, thanks for coming JT, by for having us. us. That was really, really fun. Thanks for listening to Fiddle Me This, and thanks to John Kale and Annie Stanninets for sharing their music and tales with us. For more information, visit AnnieStanninets.com. That's A-N-N-I-E-S-T-A-N-I-N-E-C.com. AnnieStanninets.com. Did something in this episode move you? Leave us a review or comment. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook for more behind-the-scenes content. This has been a Podland production in association with Vita Joe Records and Bubbaville. I'm JT. We'll be back next week with another episode of Fiddle Me This. Thanks for listening. This has been a Podland Productions production, recorded at Downstairs Studio in Portland, Oregon. For more information on Podland and for more Podland podcasts, go to podland.productions. While you're there, subscribe to the email newsletter for sneak peeks, giveaways, and more. Thanks for listening. Bottling Productions. <laughs>